This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not replace your own financial, tax, legal, or financial product advice. Hi there, and welcome to the Gen Z Money Podcast. This week, we're going to be talking about the First Home Super Savers Scheme. This scheme has been around since 2017, and it can be pretty confusing. So what we're going to do today is just break down how it works and clear up some common misconceptions. If you're looking to buy your first home at any point in the next few years, this will hopefully be very relevant to you. So first of all, let's start out with what the First Home Super Savers Scheme is. So basically under this scheme, first home buyers can use their voluntary super contributions of up to $15,000 each financial year towards the purchase of their first home. Now this is up to a maximum of $30,000. So you may add $15,000 one financial year, $15,000 the next, and you'll reach your $30,000 cap, or you could do it over a longer period of time. Now I will note that this amount is set to increase from the 1st of July 2022 to $50,000. One misconception is that you are using your superannuation to buy a house. Uh, This is partly true, but not entirely because you can only withdraw money that you've contributed yourself to super, not contributions made by your employer. So if you already have money in your super fund, that money can't be used to buy a house. It's only money that you contribute above and beyond what your employer pays into your super. So there's a number of ways you can make these contributions. They can be made via a salary sacrifice arrangement with your employer or by an after-tax contribution, which is essentially transferring money directly into your super fund. Now, what is the benefit of doing this? One of the key advantages is that you can end up paying less tax overall than you would be if you were saving for a house deposit in your regular savings account. So within superannuation, the earnings on your investments are taxed at 15%. For your earnings on investments outside of super, they're taxed at your marginal tax rate, which could be, for example, around 35%, depending on what you're earning. Not only that, but you can claim a deduction for the contribution to super. The amount that you put into super reduces your taxable income by that amount. So say, for example, if you were earning $60,000 and you added $10,000 to super, you'd only be taxed on that $50,000. And when you go to withdraw that money, you can also withdraw some earnings or what the ATO deems to be earnings. So say, for example, you've put $30,000 into your super fund over a few years. The ATO will have an assumed rate of earnings on that money. The reason you can't withdraw the actual earnings on your account is because firstly, it'd be very hard to calculate. And secondly, the ATO doesn't want anyone losing money from this scheme. So if, for example, you took out money from your super fund at a time when the market was down, you don't want to be stuck taking out less money. So the deemed earnings are based on the 90-day bank bill rate plus 3%. So at the time of recording, the bank bill, the 90-day bank bill rate is around 0.01%. So they would deem your earnings to be 3.01%. It's not super high, but when you consider the really low interest rates on savings accounts at the moment, it's definitely an improvement. So what are some of the rules around this scheme? We know that there are, can be tax advantages, but there are some really important rules to keep in mind. So firstly, there is a cap on how much concessional contributions your superannuation fund can receive each year. 
At the moment, that is $27,500. Now, it's really important to remember that this includes your contributions and the contributions that your employer makes on your behalf, and there are penalties for exceeding those caps. However, I will note that you may be able to add more than that amount if you haven't exceeded the cap in previous years. So you can head to the ATO portal in MyGov to check that, or you can also chat to an accountant, which we would always recommend doing. Now, in terms of actually withdrawing that money, the ATO recommends that you request the release of your money when you start applying for a home loan. The ATO will need to grant you a determination, which tells you the maximum amount you can release, and you can do this through MyGov. Keep in mind, you can only apply for the release once and it takes around 15 to 25 days to be paid to you. You have 12 months from release to sign a contract to buy or construct a home, but you'll also likely be eligible for a 12-month extension if that doesn't quite work out, so it's really 24 months. And if you don't use that money towards a house, you'll have to either redeposit it to super or pay additional taxes. So you want to make sure that you're sure about this when you start this strategy. So should you do it? This has been a super, super brief overview of this scheme, and there are a lot more rules and tax consequences than I could mention here. So the answer to that question is have a chat to your accountant and get them to help you map out exactly what this scheme would look like and if it would be beneficial for you tax-wise. Everyone's situation is different, and the advantages of this scheme varies very much depending on what you're earning and what your individual circumstances are. But it's definitely a great option worth exploring if you are looking to buy your first home in the next few years. Now, I hope this mini overview has been helpful. I will say that the ATO website has done a really good job of explaining this. So if you have any questions, I would just have a look at the ATO website and find out as much as you can from there. And as always, chat to an accountant if you have any questions specific to your circumstances. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and we'll see you in the next one. We acknowledge the dark and young people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits, and pay respect to their elders, past and present. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. If you're after personal financial advice, don't get it from a podcast. If you would like help based on your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com. Click get help and we'd be happy to introduce you to one of our trusted advisors. Our panel of advisors, mortgage brokers and accountants work with clients all over Australia so they can connect with you wherever you are. That's sortyourmoneyout.com and click get help. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive, Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, is an authorized representative of Money Sherpa, Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289.